Hi, I'm Dr. Roman, and welcome to Black Women's Health. Normally, I do my podcast on Wednesdays, but today is a special day. It's the last day in 2020, and so I wanted to wait. I wanted to wait and have the opportunity to say on this day, the last day of 2020, Happy New Year, we made it, and I am looking forward to 2021. It also occurred to me that I had never properly introduced myself, and so I'd like to take um, this last podcast of the year to just talk about me and the practice and the hopes for the podcast and what I hope that you will be able to get from this podcast. So let's start. My name, as you know, is Dr. Rahman. I am the owner of Today's Woman's Global Health, a.k.a. Today's Woman. I am a board-certified OBGYN, and I graduated from Yale Medical School and did my residency in obstetrics and gynecology at Albert Einstein. I say all that because too many times I've been told, you don't look like a doctor. And I've often wondered, what does a doctor look like? And so it finally occurred to me that my black skin gets noticed before my white lab coat. And so years ago, I stopped wearing a white lab coat. My thought is that if you can appreciate my clinical skills and my knowledge, then uh, it really doesn't matter how I look. And I found that to be true for the majority of people, that they really ultimately don't care about how I look. They want to know, can I help them? Can I help solve their concern or their problem? And so what I now do is focus on female health issues. Now, I'm not really talking about um, women and high blood pressure or women and diabetes, although that's very important. We know that cardiovascular disease is the number one killer in females. I am focused on women's reproductive health, their, their breasts, pelvis, vagina, uterus, adnexa, pelvic floor health. Um, and there's, there's just so much to talk about. For instance, I believe that women have sexual powers, but they will never be able to identify them, own them, embrace them if they don't understand their anatomy or their sexuality. And there's too little discussion, um, evaluation about female sexuality. I mean, you go to a gynecologist, you basically take your clothes off, spread your legs, talk about all sorts of intimate female issues, but the issue of sex rarely comes up. And I think that's wrong. I think that's the one place a woman should be able to discuss her sexuality and her sexual concerns. Speaking of sexual concerns, there's always an issue of a woman's reproductive options. And a woman has to know how to protect and preserve them if she chooses. And that becomes an option for women. 
um, and fertility in general becomes a big issue for women because too often um, school or work or other commitments have delayed her ability to proceed with childbearing or a woman is now faced with her own biological clock or the you know the possibility of not having a partner at the at the right time so basically fertility becomes an issue and just during a woman's reproductive years there are the ongoing regular concerns of PMS sometimes called PMDD or menstrual cramps sometimes called dysmenorrhea or abnormal bleeding women then progress from the reproductive years to the perimenopause in the menopausal stage so there are a lot of female issues and I say to women bring me your female issues um, um, I don't really need to see you if you're fine I want to see you to help you deal with your female issues and so today I have a boutique GYN practice and what that means is it's small and it's intimate and I get the opportunity to hear women tell me their stories and I've heard some amazing stories because ultimately it's not just her anatomy it's not just about the diagnostic results treatment and management has to be tailored to the woman and where she's at to make sense for her and so that's what I'm that's what I'm about uh, it's a small it's a small practice and oftentimes it will just be me and the patient in the office and all of this is possible because of automation electronic medical records technology um, it makes it possible now it's not perfect and I'm always trying to tweak it but it, it works for me. It may not be for everyone, and you get to decide. But this is the way that I want to practice, and this is the way I would want to be um, seen when I go to a gynecologist. And I have been in practice for now 30-plus oh, years. When I first started, I was usually younger than my patients, and now I'm usually older than my patients. Uh, when I first started, when I wasn't being called doctor, I was being called dear. And now, if I'm not being called doctor, I'm being called ma'am. There are changes. I accept them. Um, at this point, I've gone through, either personally or experience with the patient, all of the reproductive phases. I have um, witnessed the, the wonder of giving birth after a difficult labor. I have experienced and seen the sadness of a pregnancy loss. I've also seen the frustration and the bother of menstrual cramps and the embarrassment of abnormal uterine bleeding, the truly disruptive nature of the perimenopause, and I will tell you, the joy of becoming a silver fox. I have so much to say about that. There have also been changes in healthcare over the past 30 some years. Changes that I think are not good. And, I'll, and this is my personal bias that I'm sharing with you so that you will understand where I'm coming from. One, I think there's been a dumbing down of doctors. Um, it used to be um, 
with Dr. Welby and Dr. Uh, Kildare that they would um, assess a problem and be able to come up with the diagnosis for the patient, and that they were all they was all that it always happened in a caring, sensitive way. Today, it seems that too often um, doctors are given algorithms, and their um, deductive abilities are not not that necessary and that a doctor's value currently is based on his or hers productivity and patient star ratings. It's become more of a cookie cutter medicine approach or a factory line medicine. And the problem with that is when there's only one algorithm, it doesn't take into account the culturally competent care that a person needs to have in order to embrace treatment. My second concern with our current healthcare system is that the insurance companies are in control and that's not a good thing. Um, Let me give you an example. My mother went to see the ophthalmologist. He charged her $100 for the visit. He submitted the insurance bill and the insurance came back saying, Doctor, we know you charged $100, but all we will pay for this visit is $40. And of that $40, we will give you $30. You you need to get the other $10 from the patient, my mother. Imagine charging $100, getting $40. What other profession allows this? What happened in healthcare? It's, it's It's a real concern. Um, Now, I'm not saying that you should feel sorry for doctors. For the most part, doctors today are employed by large healthcare systems which are able to give them an above average salary. Um, I think the problem with that is that doctors have lost their power and become complacent and have not assumed the role of being a leader. My third concern with our current healthcare system is that it's not healthcare. It's truly sick care. It's about medications and surgery. And it's a costly healthcare system. Um, and the problem with it being costly is that we're no healthier than any other country. In fact, when we look at the various healthcare parameters, we're usually at the bottom of the list when compared to other developed countries. So, what I am saying is that I think we need to stop the madness. I don't want to be a part of a dysfunctional system. I want to focus on health. I want to focus on black women because one, I am a black woman. Two, black women are disproportionately negatively affected by so many health conditions, whether we're talking about high blood pressure, or diabetes, or triple negative breast cancer, or fibroids, or perinatal mortality, you name it. Black women are disproportionately affected and we have to get to the root of this problem. And I truly believe that once we can identify the effective treatment for black women, we can then extrapolate it and extend it to all women and all women will benefit from this knowledge. 
So I am committed to health. I am committed to promoting the use of food as our first line of defense um, against disease, using food to help better our health um, so that we can, whenever possible, avoid medications, avoid surgery. I am committed, and this is my commitment going into 2021, is that I want to be the real deal for women. I want to be able to give you evidence and research and studies and opinions that are not um, predicated on me um, generating a certain amount of revenue or a certain level of productivity. I want to be able to offer you a critical critique of the current healthcare system and current treatments being offered in women's healthcare. That's my commitment for 2021. In fact, I am dedicating 2021 to the year of the fibroid. Fibroids because fibroids are a significant problem for a lot of women. It is estimated that the majority of women will develop fibroids across the globe. Um, Not every woman will become symptomatic, but it is estimated that the majority of women, sometimes 70 to 80%, will develop fibroids by the age of 50. What we also know is that fibroids are more prevalent among black women. There was a recent study from George Washington University looking at the psychosocial aspects of black women receiving the diagnosis of fibroid tumors, the discussion of treatments and their general interaction within the healthcare system. It looked at their the reluctance for them to have surgery and their concern for fertility, especially given the fact that they're often diagnosed with symptomatic fibroids at a younger age. There's just so much to to learn, to yet learn, so much to share with you about fibroids that I am dedicating 2021 to the year of fibroids. I uh, have a lot of uh, projects coming up and one will start January the 3rd and that's being titled, Can You Detox Away Your Fibroid? And it's a 28-day detox program where you look at the issues of dysmenorrhea and menorrhagia and changing up your diet to see if it's impacted or how it's impacted. And then at the end of the 28 days, you decide, is this for you? Um, I want you to stay tuned because I have lots of information to share with you about a Black Women's Health Directory. Stay tuned because we will be talking more about sex and sexuality and sexual, female sexual power. And we'll be even entertaining the, um, the, the opportunity for having speed dating for women over the age of 45. We are looking forward to a women's retreat 
this COVID virus permitting. And I'm asking you to stay tuned to help me identify areas of concern or topics that you would like to have discussed and shared as we move forward throughout the year. We will continue to have interesting, dynamic, and stimulating conversations from other Black women sharing their experiences because we want to lift up each other together. And so I say, as we come to the end of 2020, we have so much to look forward to. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I appreciate you and look forward to 2021. Take care.